Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In the spirit of reconciliation, the entire team at Curious Freedom acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connection to land, waters and community. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people listening today. I would like to acknowledge in particular the Darug people who are the original custodians on the land on which I record this podcast. Thank you for showing us what curious freedom can look like. And welcome to Curious Freedom Podcast with Cassie Frugia, that's me, and friends. And today I have my beautiful, beautiful friend Sherry on with us. She has been my friend for, oh wow, probably six years. And I just find her to be one of the most wise people in my life. And I adore every single conversation I have with her. I could listen to her endlessly. When you hear her voice, you'll realize why she should be doing meditations, um, recording meditations so that people can um, calm down because she's just got the most delightful voice. And I am going to welcome you, Sherry, and you can introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners. (laughs) Thank you, Kirsty. It's just lovely to have a conversation with you like this. By my voice, you can tell that I'm not Australian, but I am. I'm an American who married an Australian who has become an Australian citizen living in Melbourne. So yeah, I have a uh, bicultural life and a rich and wonderful and very simple life at this stage in my journey. 
I'm really happy to be here. Yay. So I invited you on not only because I just adore having conversations with you about any and every topic, but you are in a transition season in your life, but you've also done many transitions because you've obviously moved from the US, but you are living tiny at the moment and you have done lots of different versions of living in your not so long life, (laughs) (laughs) but getting longer by the day, which is a good thing. And so I'd love for you to tell people a little bit of your story about how you've landed, where you've landed in Melbourne, living in a tiny apartment and the the windy road to get there and how you're feeling now about this season that you're living in and share with us the wisdom that you've gained throughout it all just go for it just talk Oh, thanks. Well, I should tell you, my uh, tagline is I aim to disappoint. So I figure the more ordinary, the better. And by ordinary, I mean every day, not up to scratch, because I love the ordinary and I love the everyday. And that's where I find life. Well, I could say I'm in my third transition, um, 52 years old, but I've had a couple of major changes in my life to borrow from a book by Phyllis Tickle. She says every 500 years, the church has a rummage sale. So I've had two rummage sales in my life. And what I mean by that is an entire emptying out. If the contents of my life were in a box, a big box, and then a smaller box, all of that being tipped out and starting over. So I know about starting over in significant ways twice. And really this season of my life in Melbourne is a new starting over, really a third start over. So uh, yeah, so I know something about dramatic change, and I don't. I didn't seek it. I love stability. I love routine. I love rhythm. But the change found me. So when I was twenty-seven, I basically emptied out my life and started over after studying and working, having a career, a new young career, and redirecting my life, going back to school. That's where I met an Australian who'd found his way to Kentucky. And I started from scratch, from having an apartment to living in a dormitory, you know, a tiny room for graduate school. And then we built a life together in Kentucky uh, that grew into a really extraordinary, beautiful life that was given over to love and service in a neighborhood. And we didn't expect to accumulate anything, really. We were both pretty rugged travelers, ready to see the world. Over time, we ended up with a beautiful home on a corner of a historic African-American neighborhood in an inner city spot. And this home, 150, 170 years old, a beautiful sun um, that we didn't know we would have, a gorgeous chocolate brown Kelpie, uh, an urban farm. We had people living with us. We had neighbors. We had friends. We had community in this place. None of it we thought was coming. And I would say, you know, life and material accrued around us. And it was unexpected, but it was everything we wanted. And when we decided to move to Australia in 2016, it was even more dramatic a change because we had built a life in a place over about 15 years 
a deeply rooted, um, oh, you don't say that here in Australia, a, a anchored and an <laughs> we anchored. We understand and, what um, rooted means. You understand. <laughs> in you know that what context. I mean. As an, <laughs> oh, as an American, what I mean by that is a, a, a deeply stable, situated, well-connected life with purpose and meaning, with friendships, relationships, not just to neighbors, but to soil to growing food organically, to sharing it, and to one another. And and our life was was just beautiful in every way you could see it, emotionally and socially. Physically, our home was just a absolutely beautiful two-story house, tall ceilings, hardwood floors, fireplace in every room, a family furniture, uh, art, photography, all the things we loved were all around us, people in and out our back door all the time. We... <laughs> transitioned and reduced our life in every sense of that word very dramatically. And it was a life, and I say this because it's really important, it was a life that we cherished. At the moment we chose to move forward in a new direction, we weren't fleeing, we weren't dumping and running, we weren't slamming a door on something that was bad or you know, abandoning a house on fire. We left just an exquisite, cherished, loved life and ended up in Melbourne, came to Melbourne very intentionally to work in an organization that that work didn't end up transpiring. But we found ourselves from a neighborhood and an urban farm into a city building in the center of Melbourne CBD. I mean, the center behind town hall um, in a building uh, that belonged to a church. We were in an apartment, you know, really lovely apartment, but it was a very old building. It needed, you know, a lot of upgrade and repair, but it was extraordinary. And we went from this two-story house with all this space to, a, you know, a decent-sized uh, city apartment. And we looked out onto the city from our windows, and we didn't have anything except what would fit in boxes come with us. Mm. So that meant no furniture, no major belongings, no dog. Uh, So we started over and experienced the refilling of our life with meaning. And we'd lost a lot. We'd given up a lot, but we were ultimately grateful. And so from that period of time, for about five years, we lived in that place with a lot of grace and ease, but it wasn't our own place. And there were questions about the future of the building. So underneath our being there was kind of a tyranny of instability. Is is this building going to get ripped down? Is it going to be renovated? Are we going to have a place? It's not our own place. So about a year and a half ago, we made this third transition to a tiny place that we call home. So we actually still live in Melbourne CBD in a much smaller apartment. There are three of us there, my partner, Jeff, and then our son, who is a 19-year-old uni student. So we are now sharing a postage stamp (laughs) size place from, you know, a two-story, four-bedroom house to a tiny two-bedroom, beautiful home with the fewest things the three of us have ever owned, kind of our own personal belongings that we have, but also as a family, we have the fewest things. And yet we love what we do have, and it's beautiful. Wow. Just can you tell curious ones why I love listening to this woman? (laughs) She's so, yeah, wow. So what did, now I've got so many questions. What did you do with all your stuff 
in the States? Did you sell it? Did you give it away? Did you store it for a little while in case you were going to come back? What happened there? We did a host of things. We did not expect to return. And that's why we sold this house that we thought we were going to leave to our son and live in forever. What we did with our things, people that we loved, family and friends, we had to look around and said, you know, if this belonged to you originally, we give it back to you. Um, So family heirlooms and antiques. And then we had some things that we sold because it was wise and really practical and we needed to raise some money for our move. So we sold some furniture and things to neighbors and to friends. And then we gave so much away. We're really good about giving things away. I love giving things. I love sharing things and giving things. And when I worked in refugee resettlement, this is a sidebar, in Kentucky, uh, my job was to set up apartments. So create homes for people landing from their country of second asylum, first asylum coming into the U.S. And I would take donations and set up apartment and arrange things the best I could with donated items. So I was constantly in the face of there's a need. How do we meet that need? What can I give? Hey, do we have anything at home that would suit? So we gave lots of stuff to refugee families. And that was a joy because I knew what was useful. I knew, wow, I have too much of this or I can't take this with me. I know a family who needs it. But one of the fun things we did, Kirsty, was we had a party and invited neighbors and friends to come in our house after most of our stuff had been, you know, parceled out. We probably had 3,000. We had floor to ceiling bookshelves <laughs> and books were our love. So we had um, objects, housewares, treasured things, things my grandmother's owned. We had books on shelves and we invited friends in and said, come in and take and and leave with what you'd like. And we didn't plan to do this, but one of our friends put a jar on the table and said, why don't you give what you think it's worth, what you take? And so dozens of people came through our house. We had bags and they bagged up books and teapots and objects. And, you know, some gave us money and left with what they wanted. And some of them still have what we have. And they say, oh, I love this. I have this and I always think of you. It was really fun and creative to give our things away and empty out our life. I love that idea. I've heard it a few times now. And every time I'm like, oh, if I ever do a big transition like that, I would love to be able to say, hey, come in, (laughs) take what you want. Yes. (laughs) Make it a party. And I love the idea of people being able to hold on to treasures of yours that make them treasure you. One thing that we talk about all the time is that things are memory holders, but actually we're our memory holders and things just facilitate that. And so you don't need to hold on to things just because your grandmother owned it because you have that memory of your grandmother and you telling the story of that object to your friends and family and children and grandchildren they remember the story. Like I know you, you're such a beautiful storyteller and I love that concept of objects telling stories, but also that we don't need mm-hmm. to keep the object to remember and treasure the story and mm-hmm. to treasure the relationship that we have with somebody. Yeah. It's this, it's this funny balance trying to get this funny balance between yeah. objects meaning something to me because they meant something to you but also Mm. I have so many treasured memories that I can hold on to and I can share stories about you or, you know, other 
treasured people <laughs> to mm. help other people treasure those memories. That's yeah. my little sidebar for today. <laughs> yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What about when you moved from Collins Street to this new place? You were in a rental property. It wasn't your own. So what did it look like? to purchase things that are your own, but also let go of things and make it all fit into a tiny apartment? Well, again, it was a really fun challenge for me because I love spatial orientation and I love design. So thinking about a new space, I wasn't distressed by the smaller size. What we did again, and, and I realized just talking to you that it was through relationship because we were working with caring for people seeking asylum. And one of our neighbors in the building, they were former asylum seekers, now citizens, and very connected to newly arrived refugees through relationship and not holding tightly to our things. These are things we bought, you know, beds and couches and bookshelves, things we just couldn't take through these friends and other people, we were able to share that people really needed stuff. And it was a joy that we redistributed what we had for the five years through networks and relationships and really helped families who had three or four kids and needed extra things or needed, you know, newer things. So that was really fun to know that what we had and we couldn't keep was going to actually go to someone and be a real benefit. So we almost started over completely because we couldn't fit a lot of what we had in our little space. And so it was really fun. And it was interesting, Kirsty, because like neither of us, we don't struggle with materialism, like with just serious longing for fancy stuff, but we do 
believe in quality. And because we were going to own so little, we had fun choosing beautiful things. Our friends from Bosnia taught us a bit of wisdom. They say, I'm too poor to buy cheap. Yes. <laughs> and so they they taught us this years ago. They were refugees from Bosnia to Kentucky, and they taught us this years ago. And, and it is a really good tenet of wisdom for simplicity. If you're not going to have much, buy quality, because obviously you keep it longer. Uh, it lasts longer. There's less waste in this new place, we have very few things. So we looked around and we bought high quality used furniture and, you know, Danish stuff. And because we were only going to have one of each thing. And that was a real joy. And we looked around at a place and thought, everything we have, we love. We're just grateful for these things we have. Uh, We love them and we use what we have. So now I know that you are deep, deep shade of green thumb, like the greenest thumb (laughs) I have ever met, (laughs) unlike my shade of black. And so I know through being your friend that that was something that you had to reduce from one apartment Mm. to another. Yeah. Tell our fellow curious green thumbers <laughs> what that was like for mm. you because it's not an experience of mine <laughs> you know that's a great question because it's a different experience to let go of a living thing i mean you could love you know an armchair to death and it could be beautiful or precious but when you love plants those they they are living creatures and if you love plants, you're actively in relationship with them. I mean, you you tend to them. You look at them, admire them, water, fertilize. You dwell with your plants in a special way from inanimate objects. And so it is really hard if you move overseas or interstate, you just can't take things with you, or you're in a much smaller space. It is hard. I went from, I don't know... 150 plants in our three-bedroom apartment to probably, I don't know, we might have 18 or 20, 22 plants, not much. Well, and again, you have to go back to the joy of another. So I, again, let people come and I had friends, women who were seeking a real delight and comfort in having plants. So I had people come and take these plants. What would you like? It was a real joy in sharing plants I'd grown to healthy states and give away a really healthy plant to someone else who was going to love it. And I just kept the ones that I was particularly attached to and I knew would do well. It was hard to reduce, but the beauty of botany, the, the economy of the mathematics of plants, is that if they're healthy, they will cut and come again. So you can have a good parent plant and propagate it almost endlessly. So I've already done that in our apartment with the leggy, viney plants. I cut them, put them in water, make new plants. So there's always more. I love that about you. And I love your generosity. And I love your generosity of vision as well. Like that you can always start again. And that you've done that and you've done the challenging part of that again and again. So yes, <laughs> from that, what wisdom can you impart to us about what it looks like on the other side? Well, I, I think there is, I love paradox. So, you know, the, the strangeness of something that ends up being true. 
and emptiness holds promise. Like we're terrified of emptiness, like whether that's within or like an empty corner or a empty place that needs, you know, new life put in it. Emptiness is filled with promise and potential. And so, you know, it's overcoming that fear of the unknown or the incredibly empty, the echo of what's not yet, but it's going to come. And so, I don't know, I've learned to love emptiness. And I think having much, much less, and I mean, I, I did have to grapple with the loss of not just things that were beautiful, but they actually had connection, a lot of connection. Having much less has freed me, has created an enormous amount of freedom. And I was thinking about that this morning. I I feel like I have better levels and quality of responsibility for myself and for life, what's entrusted to me, because I have less. So I, I feel like I have this greater quality of responsibility, starting with me, but just with our life as a household and the things we have I need to keep up with, but also things that I need to care for, you know, Jeff and and our son, but also just day to day taking responsibility for our place. I have so much freedom. And and what I am responsible for ends up being a joy. It it doesn't consume me. It doesn't take time. I don't want to give to it. So I feel like freedom and responsibility go really well together. And I don't want much of, I don't want much responsibility so I can have a lot of freedom. (laughs) Does that make sense? Well, I just, I I love that. I love that. And I see that so evidently in your practice, your like daily practices, the little that I know of. So tell us about that. What does your days look like? Because you haven't got a thousand square footage of home to maintain and (laughs) people like a huge community, not that there's anything wrong with having a huge community, but you're in a different season now. And so what does that look like? Well, I, you know, I think I subscribe to the wisdom that you can read in, you know, psychology, I guess, starting all young, but a lot of people today have written about first and second half of life. And, you know, first half of life, we spend constructing our identity and who we are and what we do with ourselves. And the second half of life, some say if lived well is a life given away, you know, so that you reach a point and it's not age driven. I mean, you could be 40, you could be 75, where you reach a point where you think, I'm finished accumulating or defining myself. I've reached a point where I want to give myself away and have things move through me. Flow is one of the ways that's described. Generosity, giving rather than receiving. So I feel like I've reached that stage in my life. And and I've finished a vocational chapter last year, and I don't know yet what's coming I've been really gifted by the simplicity of our lives and by solitude. And I'm a solitary creature. I mean, I, I prefer it. So I'm not, I'm not sad or lonely. I'm actually experiencing enormous quality of stillness, of, of peace, of incredible quality time for myself. And by that, I mean meditating and writing, walking, doing things really slowly, which is a privilege to be able to do things slowly, like chop up something for a meal or take the time to listen to a podcast in full while not multitasking. That'd be nice. (laughs) So that kind of quality of being, 
I'm beginning to take up residency in a really still and quiet time. But I am turning, Kirsty, really in the last year, turning to these questions of what does it mean for me to give and for life to give through me? Like, what does it mean for me to have space and to be porous mm-hmm. enough, you know, have enough holes and enough porosity like cell membranes have for something to move through me and beyond me and out into the world, whatever that is. So I, I love that. And and I can do that because I don't have a lot of responsibility and a burdensome load. Even if I were working full time, I just don't have a burdensome load because our life is quite simple. And so, yeah, I think the goodness of life as you age is to ask, what can I give back? Oh, I'm just going to give everybody a bit of silence to take in what you've just said. <laughs> I, ah, I love talking to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, there's so, so much that I could dig into around that. I'm like going, oh, where do I go? Where do I go? What do I pick up on in that part? Because I just love the concept. Clearly not there yet because we've still got children at home that are mm-hmm. doing their own thing like your son is. Mm. But how can I start doing that even now? And I do do that now because our home is easy to maintain. We've got some really great habits Mm -hmm. in our home that I'm not spending until Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock every night cleaning Mm -hmm. up from the day and prepping for the next day. Yeah. So for me, that has come in the form of habits. Like how, what practices can I do Mm -hmm. daily to give space to my day? to have that capacity to hold space for challenging emotions coming out of my children. How do I have space Mm. in my day to be able to process what went on in my day so that I can enter the day, the next day with courage and with the openness to have whatever comes in that day for it to move through me, like you've been speaking about, like, and not Mm -hmm. get stuck in me or for me not to stick it into somebody else because I Mm. just don't have capacity. And that doesn't happen every day. There's days where I don't have capacity and there's days to have grace for myself and grace for other people around me. But I have found Mm. that what you have found in that having a simpler life, having less to maintain in the house. Mm -hmm. I think I would find it just to be truthful because I am a black thumb. I think I would find it burdensome to have 22, 25, 30 plants in my house because I've propagated, (laughs) although I am propagating one at the moment. So I'm very proud of myself. I've done it. And I've got two bottles of water sitting on my desk waiting for new cuts. So I've got to talk to you about that. How do I do that the best? But that's that's after we stop recording. I I want to encourage listeners today to get curious about how to create space in your day, how to create space in your life that you can give yourself to the deeper things of life, to be giving yourself to the questions that I know you're already thinking that you're already contemplating, but you just don't have the space to, and maybe decluttering and organizing your home 
for a way that works for your unique family will provide that space for you. So I am so Mm. grateful, Sherry, for having this conversation with you and for hearing your wisdom on what life looks like for you in your unique situation, but through the downsizing and the letting go. And like what I love about yours and Jeff's story is that you've also let go of cultures, our society's expectation of you that Mm. you would build and build and build. And that you would go from a beautiful big home in Kentucky to a bigger home in Kentucky or a bigger home in Melbourne or a bigger apartment. You know, why go to a two bedroom apartment when all three of you have got varied interests that you could absolutely go to a six bedroom apartment to have or a five bedroom apartment for you all to have a bedroom each and a study each? Like, I think it's just incredible. So, ah, as I said, curious ones, you can hear how much I could talk to Sherry again and again. So let me know if you want her back on the podcast. That can be easily arranged. We can talk about plants (laughs) and the wisdom. Sherry has so much (laughs) wisdom that she has gained through her observations of growing and loving and tending to nature and to growing and loving and tending other people as well. So I'm sure this is not going to be the last time we speak, Sherry. I know you have a million more pearls of wisdom, but is Uh, there anything that you want to piggyback on on what I've just said? No, thank you. This has been so fun and a privilege. Well, curious ones, I've got a favour to ask you. I would love for you, if you're enjoying this podcast, for you to leave a review, even if you've left one before. I never get tired of hearing from you. And the other thing I wanted to remind you of is that we've got SpeakPipe now available on our website. So if you have any questions for Sherry, I would happily hear them and pass them on to her so that we can get back to you about any questions that you might have. Hop onto my website, curiousfreedom.com.au slash podcast. And about a third of the way down the page, you'll see this little speak pipe where you can record a question, record a review, record anything. Just come in and say hi to me. You can, yeah, I'd just love to hear your voice. And if you've got any questions for future podcasts or ideas for future podcasts or any questions that you would love me to answer publicly in this forum, <laughs> privately just head over there and leave me a voice memo it would be lovely to hear your voice so thank you again sherry i hope you continue to enjoy your month of tasmania and give my love to the boys and i'll speak to you soon bye thank you Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.